This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Now, Divergence. I live in Alabama. And my truck was a small truck. And my dick is a, like, average-sized dick. But it's pretty. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday! My cats are acting weird. We've got news to cover. What a fucking show we have for you tonight. I promise we're we're going to end on a puppy and a baby. (laughs) Oh shit. We're going to talk about the billboard that popped up in Nashville supporting Morgan Wallen. Also coming to us from Nashville, Kid Rock... Dropped a homophobic slur just in time for Pride Month. Apple won't let you get your fuck on. But if you take your phone to an Apple shop, they'll upload your nudes for you. Wild video of a father dumping a shit ton of pennies in his daughter's yard. We're going to get the story on that. Jeffrey Tubin, Jeffrey fucking Tubin was back on CNN. Apparently, he's going to explain to us how he got caught masturbating on a Zoom call. That's going to be hella fun. (laughs) There's this whole thing. Matt Walsh, that dumb motherfucker, he was trying to raise money for AOC's Abdullah. I I do not speak Spanish. I fucked that word up. I, I cruise the internet. I troll the internet to be more precise. Plus, Dr. Fauci was on MSNBC explaining uh, all the attacks from the right wing. I'm interested to hear his side of the story after we've heard like a week straight of fire Fauci. Speaking of which, one of the clips I made of the show last night... <laughs> was the segment with Marjorie Taylor Greene and the Fire Fauci Act and then the woman in Ohio who was talking about the vaccine made you magnetize. Remember, I ran over, I got a fork and tried to stick it to my fucking forehead. That is my very first content strike on YouTube. Well, clearly I have the word in front of me, but I don't know how to say it. (laughs) I'm looking at it. That didn't help me. But I appreciate it. But that is my very first content strike on YouTube was medical misinformation because I was mocking somebody that was saying stupid shit about vaccines and trying to stick a fork to my forehead. (laughs) Oh, shit. But starting off tonight, uh, the FBI director... Christopher Ray testified in front of Congress. Okay. So he was asked point blank. A representative Cohen. Soldiers in the January 6th insurrection. Kind of like going after Al Capone and getting all of the lottery sales tickets. The, the, people that, that do the bootlegging in, in the street. 
to the best of my knowledge, haven't done anything to go after the people who incited the riot, the big bosses, the leaders, which is Donald Trump. Do you have any investigation or have you done anything to look into Trump's activities on the day of the insurrection? Very good question, if you ask me. In and out and of meetings that he and Roger Stone and others may have had with leaders of these groups. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, again, a congressman, uh, somewhat along the line. Abula? Abula? I, I suck. I mispronounce shit on this show all the time. My apologies. Now, it, like, we look up words and shit. I like knowing how to say shit. Let's, let's fucking do it. Let's learn shit, because that's what this show is about. I want to learn shit. Abuela. 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 I really butchered that. Abuela. I'm sorry if that was incredibly loud, it seemed like. Abuela. So we're going to talk about AOC's abuela. Or grandmother. Here in just a little bit. Alright, so FBI Director Christopher Wray asked point blank if Donald Trump is under investigation for his role in the January 6th attack. Well, uh, again, a congressman, uh, somewhat along the lines of something I said earlier, because we have uh, not one, but now close to 500 pending criminal cases, all of which are in the hands of judges who feel very strongly about how much I discuss uh, pending cases. I want to be careful about that. We have uh, brought, in addition to what you're describing as kind of the lower level type offenses, we have now started to bring a number of conspiracy charges yes, of various Brian. individuals. Yes, I think there's about 30-plus individuals who have been charged Brian, with conspiracy. Brian, yes, sir. I appreciate and understand that, but I'm talking about Mr. Big, number one. Have you gone after the people who incited the riot? Well, I'm, I don't think it would be appropriate for me to be discussing whether or not we are. Or I mean, fair enough. That's getting specific individuals. I just okay, don't think I'll, that's appropriate. I'll accept that and understand that. I d- fair enough. However, you know, uh, uh, Comey thought it was pertinent enough to be able to come out and talk about Hillary Clinton being under investigation. Remember? you to do it. He said, "Come to Washington on the day of the Electoral College, a month earlier, no other day." And he said, "It will be big and it will be wild." I read that as violence to occur, and I was with a Capitol policeman on Sunday who said, "Yes, they had information and said it was going to be violent." You and the FBI did not make the case. You should have warned, and you had a duty to do that. Uh, let me ask you this. You, have you seen Mr. McGahn's testimony yet? No, sir. I urge you to look. I don't know if you can do anything without the direction of the Attorney General. But it appears apparently... It was told to lie by the President about... There you go. That was exactly what I was going to say. That would have resulted in obstruction of justice. I urge you to look at it. Can you act on that testimony independent of the attorney general? Well, I I think we have uh, very specific rules about predication um, and approval on certain kinds of investigations. So I'd have to look at at whatever information you wanted to send our way, and we can take a look at the information and evaluate whether or not there's action we could take. It's in the deposition, and it's clear that McGahn said that President told him to lie. I've already forgot how to say that. Abula? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the word. I'm like, fuck, I've already forgotten how to say it. God damn it. Me and my stoner ass. And the president also lied. Uh, I would urge you to look at that and talk to Director Garland, of, Attorney General Garland, about that. Uh, did you infiltrate the crowds of the BLM Black Lives Matter protest in Washington when they were in Washington? Uh, Congressman, we don't infiltrate protests uh, as a general rule, certainly. Hey, 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 I've read history books, sir. I know what the FBI has been up to. When it comes to uh, criminal activity. They had a fucking informant in the Brow Boys. Uh, covered by the Attorney General guidelines and uh, the so-called DIAG, uh, which is our uh, implementation. Abuela. Guidelines that cover what we can. Thank you so much. Um, and we would have followed those uh, scrupulously, not just uh, in general, but in the specific uh, period that you're talking about. We don't investigate <laughs> First Amendment activity. We investigate I, threats of criminal activity. Thank you, Director. I know First Amendment activity is, is, is protected, but was your activities on January 6th different from what it was with Black Lives Matter? Did you observe? Did you try to get more knowledge about what was going on after you had the Norfolk information about the January 6th insurrection? Well, the, the Norfolk information that we've talked about here uh, arrived uh, essentially the night before or the afternoon before January 6th uh, and was promptly passed on. At that point, it was raw, unverified information that we had. It was raw. They were raw dogging that information. Uh, Of course, we decided that even though it was raw and unverified, we needed to pass it on to all of our partners, both in the... New condoms up in here. ...and throughout the Joint Terrorism Task Force to make sure they had it. Director Ray, thank you. I only have a few seconds left. You have compared ransomware to 9-11. Ransomware is awful and it's a problem. 9-11 was awful. But the insurrection on our capital, unlike anything known since the Civil War, is also awful. Where would you compare the insurrection? I, this is an apples to oranges and shit. Like, what the fuck? With the assault on our country on January 11th. The gentleman's time has expired. The witness may answer the question. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. First, let me just say that I don't think any attack, uh, ransomware or January 6th, uh, can it fairly be compared to the horror of September 11th and the 3,000 or so individuals who lost their lives that day? They're, just, uh, and, they're all different. And my they're all different circumstances. My last time in government was a big part of why I came back into this room. I, I'm probably more horrified at the January 6th attack because it's an attack on democracy. But about how the country came together in response. Now, certainly, when it comes to January 6th, uh, it's a unique type of attack, uh, not just in terms of the number of individuals, but in terms of the uh, effort. Fucking 9-11 was horrific for the people involved. However, like the, the circumstances surrounding it are completely different. We trained the terrorists that attacked us on 9-11. We funded the country that funded 9-11. And we certainly never got to the bottom of the... The administration at the time's involvement in 9-11. And they stonewalled the 9-11 commission. To disrupt a key part of our constitutional system. and Came to the U.S. for flying lessons. And and the fucking FBI knew they were here the entire time. 
So, I mean, like, when we're talking about 9-11 and what we, what we want to know and the information that is pertinent to public policy in 9-11, that's completely different, like, comparing it to January 6th, like, all this shit, just all fucking... It's not comparable. It's apples to oranges. <sighs> Remember yesterday when we heard from... Where's my mouse? <laughs> Remember yesterday when we heard from Representative Louis Gohmert I'm betting he had something stupid to say again today. He questioned uh, Director Ray. And I believe he brought up Black Lives Matter. January 5th, that evening, I was talking to Capitol Police officers. And I said, you know, let's face it. uh, Most of the conservatives that come, they don't have any intention of being violent. And they said, well, we... gallows enchanted hang mic pins we've been briefed today that uh, there's a good bit of uh, it's understood online activity that there are people that are going to be coming that hate trump but they're going to dress up in red maga trump oh it was antifa secretly try to blend in and create trouble um we had capitol police chief son testify that uh, they got no information from U.S. Intel or from the DOJ, FBI, of any threat of the nature that came about. Did the FBI have information about the violent threat that occurred on January 6th, on January 5th? Yes. Well, the answer to that is complicated, unfortunately. So we have the we've already talked about a little bit. Well, the short answer is yes. The long answer is yes. Had information, or you didn't? That was my question. Different. So there's different kinds of information. We had the <laughs> online chatter that we just <laughs> talked about, and the Norfolk so-called Norfolk SIR situational information. The answer is yes. But what we did not have, to my did knowledge, did you pass any of that information on to Chief uh, Sund? We passed the Norfolk information onto the Capitol Police. In th- I mean, that's the, that's the correct answer. Okay. Well, you were careful to note that most of the protesters who were leftists... He knows it as well as I know it. Uh, ...were basically peaceful, but you haven't said that about... They chanted, hang Mike Pence. They chanted, hang Mike Pence. They attacked Capitol Police officers. Exactly, of course the FBI had it. 100, 200,000 people that showed up on January 6th. Do you know how many people actually came into the Capitol on January 6th uh, that were unauthorized? I don't have an exact number. I do know that we Hundreds. are now approaching around 500 arrests. But to be clear, to your point about peaceful, the way I, I think is a fair description of January 6th is there's sort of three groups of people, almost like an inverse pyramid. First group, biggest number of people who showed up kind of outside, maybe not on the Capitol grounds, uh, were peaceful, maybe rowdy, but peaceful protesters. Then there's a second group. Fair. That were people who, uh, for whatever reason, engaged in, let's say, the next level of criminal conduct, trespass, etc. cetera. Uh, and that is criminal, that is a violation, and it needs, those laws need to be enforced. And then there's the third group, 
which is where a few hundred of the arrests and a lot of the more significant charges that are coming out of our work right now, which are the people who brought all sorts of weapons, uh, you know, Kevlar, tactical vests, uh, you know, planted bombs. What's that? Anybody bring firearms? Gentlemen, uh, we have I can think of at least one instance where there was an individual with a gun inside the Capitol, but for the most part, the weapons were weapons other than firearms. But General, there's three groups, and it's hard to paint with one broad brush every single individual. The gentleman's time has expired. Well, said he was going to compare it to the protests, but he actually didn't, at least. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Director Ray, thank you for being here. Over the past several years, Americans have seen their liberty... Well, I uh, let's actually listen to this. Let's hear. He, this is uh, Jim Jordan, who, by the way, at least turned a blind eye to sexual abuse at Ohio State University, if not covered it up actively, which I think he did. At the very least, just turned a blind eye. I think he actively participated in covering it up. So let's hear him go off on the FBI director about First Amendment rights. He's attacked every right, every right we enjoy under the First Amendment has been assaulted. Every single one. Your by right Republicans. To assemble your right to petition, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Every by Republicans, by Republicans, by Republicans. Where a full congregation can still not meet on a Sunday morning. Your right to assemble. Four weeks ago, I spoke to the New Mexico Republican Party in Amarillo, Texas. They had to go to Texas for freedom because they weren't allowed to assemble in their own state. Whoa, they had to go to Texas for freedom. <laughs> right to petition your government. I'm not high enough for this shit. Said here today on Capitol Hill having an important hearing with the director of the FBI, but our constituents can't come to their Capitol, lobby their member of Congress to redress their grievances because the Speaker of the House won't let them in. Freedom of the press. Maybe the best example is... Well, last time your supporters were there, they fucking smeared shit all over the walls, stole a door, a lectern, broke windows, broke down doors, assaulted police officers, and, you know, tried to attack democracy. It won't go to the border. The vice president won't go to the border. When Secretary Mayorkas went to the border, he wouldn't let the press in the very facilities he was touring. And, of course, freedom of speech, we all know what's happened to that. Big tech, censoring conservatives, the cancel culture mob attacking anyone. Who did- we are going to talk about that. There was an editorial on the Hill with uh, Emily, what's her name from The Federalist, Matt Taibbi. We're going to play that. I'm going to give my commentary back. We're going to talk about cancel culture. Disagrees with them. Deplatforming the sitting president of the United States. Democrats writing letters to the network. Deplatforming a terrorist. Organizations off their network, off their, uh, not off their platform. Freedom is under attack. And director, a lot of Americans think you're part of the problem. Wow. Wow. Now, Ray was appointed, you know, by Trump. Director, it always seemed... Oh, here, this was the clip I was getting ready to play. Once again, Jim Jordan here is asking the FBI director about leaks. That the leaks from our institutions and government agencies benefit Democrats. I mean, we just had the 
As Mr. Bishop pointed Everything out. Everything is a wild-ass conspiracy with them. Sir, this thing about big tech, I'm going to say it later, but I'm going to go ahead and sum it up for you right now. This thing about big tech is actually capitalism. You're bitching about capitalism. YouTube has a platform, an infrastructure that they pay for and provide to people. And a whole ad department that goes out and sells advertising. So you sign agreements to play by their rules. Am I upset that they took my video down? Yes. But ultimately, like, I don't have a right to be on their platform to enjoy their selling advertising and shit. I've got to play by their... That's just capitalism, sir. That's the thing that right-wingers have been extolling for years. And now that it's coming back to bite them on in one very small instance, just because companies have to posture as being progressive in order to appeal to the majority of the people because the majority of the people are progressive has nothing to do with the company's actual policies. Disney may look like they're woke because they include a gay character, but when it comes to intellectual property, when it comes to tax policy, Disney is incredibly conservative. Why, why, why believe in the it's truth when you can peddle in fanciful stories? Fanciful stories like how Jim Jordan didn't cover up sexual abuse at Ohio State University. That's a fanciful story. Of U.S. citizens just happened to be at the time the Democrats are trying to raise taxes on the American people. Um, and then, of course, there's what happened. Someone from the FBI or DOJ leaking information about the fact that Mr. DeJoy, at least it's been reported that Mr. DeJoy is under investigation. Under investigation. As well he should be. I believe what's written in the press. Brazenly the broke the law in front of all of us. Between 2004, I think, and 2015. So even if he did it, it seems to me the statute of limitations has, has run. Um, so I want to ask about that in particular. Is there an internal investigation? And I'm sure, I'm sure he's very concerned with statutes of limitation. Especially when it comes to uh, charges of coloring up sexual abuse at a college. Aren't you, Jim Jordan? Or more specifically at the FBI. I know you have an inspections division. Uh, this is the division, my understanding, that looked into Andy McCabe's issue when he leaked information that he shouldn't have leaked. Um, is there some kind of internal investigation going on? Well, uh, as you uh, by now have probably come to expect from me, Congressman, of course I can't confirm any specific investigations, but what I can tell no, you— this is, I'm not talking about an investigation that the FBI is. I'm talking about an internal investigation to actions that, that someone— Are you looking into yourselves? —information to the press regarding the Postmaster General. Likewise, I wouldn't confirm a specific investigation. We have our uh, inspection division has a unit dedicated to internal investigations, and we put some of our best people in it because of how important it is. We also have uh, that I stood up in the last administration uh, in our counterintelligence division a dedicated leak unit to pursue criminal investigations where that 
uh, is appropriate. In some cases, they work with each other, you know, because there's an administrative side and a criminal side. Back each other that's off. That's all I can say. I can't really confirm specific investigations. No, I, I understand. You've given that answer to us. And, and look, I get that. You've given that The answer. circle jerk of the carceral system. Times, and the other times you testified, I, I understand that. But when we're talking about the Postmaster General of the United States, we're talking about uh, the tax returns of the American um, of American citizens. Again, all conveniently timed, it seems to me. I mean, last summer, the Democrats, many Democrats called for the Postmaster General to step down. They had the left had all kinds of protesters at his house last summer in the whole debate about about. I mean, he uh, broke the law right in front of all of us, sort of, just like you did, sir. Supposedly, uh, He's under investigation. I just was curious if you'd tell us if it's internal. Does the FBI uh, give critical race theory training to your agents and employees? <laughs> to my knowledge, we certainly provide different kinds of diversity training, just like almost any organization these days. But certainly, I've never heard of any kind of. What, what the fuck do they think critical race theory yes is? No. Critical race theory training going on at the FBI, yes or no? Uh, and my answer is not that I'm aware of. Not that you're aware of. Okay. Uh, how about this? Um, the issue of this Washington Post reported back in April that um, FBI had sent, quote, geofence search warrants to Google and got information about January 6th phone numbers uh, of, of, of oh, yeah? folks here on Capitol Hill. And that include members uh, and staff and other. Sir, I mean, they posted the videos of themselves to Parler. ProPublica put them all together. The, the information was just widely available. Of course they did. There is nothing like scary NSA nefarious about them going to Google over the data regarding the people who were at the Capitol on January the 6th. That's just a normal process warrant. Others who were authorized to be in the Capitol on that, on that date. Um, how did you distinguish... It's our understanding, according to the news reports, there's an exclusion list of, of folks who were, you know, supposed to be in the Capitol that day. How is that all? How is that all being handled? How did you determine who who's on the exclusion list, who isn't? How did you get that information, and what are you doing? Google, Google's Google, sir. Google knows everything about all of us. Hey, Google, you know everything about me, right? I've got her turned down. I can't hear what she's saying. Shut the fuck up. They don't know what it is. It just sounds scary to them. It's just another buzzword. They love fucking catchphrases that they can throw out. That that their fans can obsess over. Doing with that information now, particularly... The phone numbers and identifying identifying phones of members of Congress and staff who are supposed to be on Capitol Hill. So I think you you anticipated probably the most important part in in your question, which is, again, and I want to be careful not to talk about any specific investigation, um, but the geolocation data that we're talking about is, again, it's not... It doesn't identify a person, it identifies a device. And so one of the first things we needed to do, because on January 6th itself, our focus was on trying to secure you all and the facility, so we weren't arresting people here on site. So after the fact, we needed to figure out who was here. 
by looking at the list of device numbers. And then with that, we needed to be able to get from, and I think we got it from the Capitol Police, but I'm not sure about that, a list of who was, as you said, supposed to be here so that we could exclude those people and focus on the numbers we know that we're some not people, supposed to be here, no, I, and, I and then using those numbers, then start to pursue logical investigative leads. I would just think Google would be like, here, these are the ones you need. Thank you. But some people who were supposed to be here, we know were for Apple called um, by the FBI, and they were staff on Capitol Hill. Um, that's because you didn't know. Because he's just bringing up Google specifically, but you know they went to Apple as well. Expired. The gentleman may. The uh, witness may answer the question. Well, again, I don't want to speak to any specific... And between the two, that's fucking 98% of the phones that were at the cab. I don't know. I don't know. That number might be a little bit lower. <laughs> the the Capitol might have had some people that had, like, the crickets or the whatever the fuck phones. Because <laughs> it's a bunch of fucking old boomers. So maybe, maybe I overshot it a little bit, but, like... 97% of, like, most of the phones in circulation are either Google or Apple. The uh, witness may answer the question. Well, again, I don't want to speak to any specific investigation, but our reasons for going to interview witnesses about things uh, are a lot more than geolocation data. So it may have been that we saw a video footage of somebody and we think this person saw something in this place or some witness told us go talk to this person because they know what happened over here. So there's a whole host of reasons why we would have gone to interview somebody that might have nothing to do with geolocation data. So I can't really speak to any specific person who... The exclusion... The gentlelady's time has... Ex- the gentlelady's time has expired. Did he call him the gentlelady? Had props if he did. No, we don't misgender people here. I'm sorry. Even though... I look at it as I look at it as an insult. They would be insulted. Jim Jordan would be insulted by calling him a lady. However, we are progressive on this channel. Representative Matt Gates had his turn with FBI Director Ray. There has been a cover-up regarding the origins. First, first of all. Speaking of cover-up, Jim Jordan helped cover up sexual abuse at Ohio State University. But speaking of pedophiles, Matt Gates, how is he still in Congress? How is this motherfucker asking questions of anybody? Of coronavirus, we see it in the Fauci emails. We see it in the G7's call today <laughs> to renew an inquiry into those origins. We see it in the Biden administration's efforts to squelch investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. And I want to figure out what side the FBI... Boggles my mind. I do not know how he's still a congressperson. Dr. Lee Ming-Yan landed at LAX. Any, any person that could feel shame or embarrassment would have already resigned and wouldn't be in the public eye. This motherfucker is parading around doing rallies. Well, it, has, it has nothing to do, like, I just, I don't know how the Republicans haven't removed him. I don't know how Nancy Pelosi hasn't removed him. I, I don't know how he hasn't removed himself just out of fucking human decency. I understand due process of the law and there are no charges against him yet. However, the charges against him are incredibly serious. 
And we know that the investigation exists, so therefore he should step down if he had any decency. God, the fucking Al Franken isn't a senator anymore over a stupid fucking picture where he wasn't even touching the woman's tits. I, I, I. Oh my God. Did I call Gates decent? (laughs) Surely not. All right, let's hear what he has to say about the lab leak. One of your agents interviewed her at that time. She then traveled. I'm not high enough for this shit. Your agent from Los Angeles followed her to New York and sought an interview on both the 1st of May and the 2nd of May in 2020. The FBI took Dr. Li Mingyang's phone, on which the doctor showed evidence of WeChat communications between herself and the director of the CDC in Beijing, all the way dating back to December of 2019 regarding the Chinese military's involvement in the development of the virus and specific links. So even his questioning sounds like he's in high school. Let's talk about your WeChat messages. Thanks to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Director Ray, when did you become aware of your agency's interface with Dr. Yang when did you review those WeChat messages? Um, I'm not sure that there's much I can say about any specific investigation. I will say that a couple things. One, um, as I think, I think there were knows, I have researchers. And I intend to continue to be very in Beijing, but now the, the Trump administration greatly harsh them down from the People's Republic of China and the Chinese Communist Party. And I think it's one of the most significant threats facing this country. Is Dr. Yan part of that threat? Well, I, I, again, I want to, don't want to speak specifically. Great stopper. Investigation. What makes these in kindling? Is that well, here's, here's why that's important. I didn't notice your comment until just a second ago. Director A, you know, back in, October, in you know, April and May of 2020, we didn't have six, nearly 600,000 people dead as a result of the coronavirus. On October 4th. It's over a million. FBI agent Andrew Zittman brought a scientist who was working with the FBI. The official number is currently an undercount. On October 14th. They oh, nothing. Can you tell us anything about that meeting? And are, are you saying, um, what was that movie, The Witcher? And maybe uh, Matt Gates would be a good candidate? Something to that effect, perhaps? tells us about the origins of this virus it is simply unacceptable to sit here a year later and say you're not going to tell was it the witcher no that was the video game the origins of the virus when it is so central to the safety and health of our fellow americans i I certainly understand the the point of the question again i I have to be careful not to discuss specific investigations Um, i will say that in addition to our investigative work uh, as i think has been recently publicly stated by uh, the DNI, and I think even the president. That's all Republicans do is throw shit that doesn't matter at it. At this issue, there are differences of view within the intelligence community about the origins of the coronavirus. Totally and understand so forth. all that. I'm, tr- uh, I'm trying to resolve a, those differences. A deeper with these dive questions. on that subject, so, Director. A, it, it, we are unable to. Hold and now I'm I'm kind of scared to talk about it. <laughs> After getting one of my videos, but like the actual long form portion of the show is still up. It's only the clip that I made where I was making fun of the woman with the talking about the vaccines and I had the fork on my head. 
That's what got me a, a content strike for medical misinformation. So, like, I've got, I kind of don't want to talk about these issues anymore. Even though, like, I am 100% putting out the actual information and making fun of these people that are putting out misinformation. I might get flagged for it, unfortunately. Now, I will, to, to YouTube's credit on this, I will, I will give them this one. I do, when I do a video like that, I kind of make the headline sound like it's right wing. Because it gets more play on YouTube that way. I, so, uh, Hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable. That's probably why I got mass reported by people that thought it was right wing content. Because it was like, it was like fire Fauci movement gains uh, uh, support or something or other. I didn't say that, you know, like... I was making fun of it. <laughs> in fact, that's why I need the facts from you. Will you provide to this committee any scientific analysis that the FBI has done regarding Dr. Yan's claims, regarding the messages she provided to you regarding Beijing's knowledge of the origins of this virus, their military's involvement, and even efforts... Their military's involvement? The world ...a fake genome sequence at the beginning of, of these developments. I'm, I'm happy to see what information we can provide. I will have my staff follow up with yours and see what information we can share on you the subject. You get that if, if we don't look at that rooted information, we're unable to ascertain what differences of opinion are correct and incorrect. But it, it's hard to believe that the FBI... We need to do some ascertaining on you, Congressman Gates. Significant Take genome sequence. Your agent, Dana Murphy... Takes I'm going to be honest, I haven't been paying any attention to what he's been saying. ...where you got the phone that had the WeChat messages I, that very important information. I'm really, really stoned right now, and him, like, shaking that baby, like, it's, it's amusing me. an FBI agent flies from Los Angeles to New York to follow a Chinese doctor who is a whistleblower and a fact witness. And even if Dr. Young... Is that, is that the doctor that appeared on Fox News? The fact that she showed up saying that she wanted to... I think it is. Seems significant today. Now, back when Dr. Yan made these pronouncements regarding the Chinese Communist Party, their military involvement, the leak of this virus from the lab, we had a number of people trying to discredit her. Are well, you no, and that's, a, that's another reason why you know this is a conspiracy. They've already moved the goalposts on this. They keep yelling about how Trump was right, but Trump was calling it a bioweapon engineered in China. But now they've had to move the goalposts because they've, they've narrowed in on this one little sliver that might be true. That perhaps it was an accident inside the lab. And they've, took, they've taken that one little kernel of truth and honed in on it. And they were like, we're right all along. No, you motherfuckers. You were not right all along. That's not what you were saying. You were saying it was an, an, an engineered bioweapon that China was trying to attack us with. Well, to ascertain whether or not that effort to discredit... He likes the word ascertain. Ascertained is the word of the day. Again, I, I want to be careful both about what information we can provide in general about any kind of ongoing investigation, but also about what in form that information would take, because in some cases you may be touching on things that would be classified, and that might require a different format. So I, I certainly understand why you're asking the questions. Let me commit to you that I will go back with my folks and see what information is provided and what form it would have to take if we can provide any.
He's going to take Matt Gates back to his folks. Oh, wait, hold on, Mr. Chairman. You let everybody else go over for a minute. May I be recognized just for unanimous consent? Gentleman's time has expired, You're not Mr. treating Deitch. everyone equally, Mr. Chairman. You went over by more than Gentleman's a Gentleman's time. Johnson, well, he's the chairman, motherfucker. Time has expired, Mr. Deutsch. What? I just want a unanimous consent request. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. He's talking about not treating people equally. Okay, I'm sorry. Just a UC is all. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt from the United States Department of Justice wherein Dr. Yang's phone was taken by FBI agent Dana Murphy. That objection... Uh, without objection, gentlemen. I none of it makes any sense. All right, now we're going to listen to Dr. Fauci. I don't know how much of this we'll get through. It's about 17, 18 minutes, I think. A rather long interview, but I am incredibly interested. To hear what Fauci has to say in response to the attacks by right-wingers. I mean, because ultimately, while there might be some validity to a lab leak, like to, to the notion that it's possible that it leaked from a lab, we, we have no clue about the claims yet. I can't make this bigger. What the fuck? We, we, it is possible that it leaked like a 5% chance it leaked from a lab, 95% chance it's zoonotic. Right-wingers are acting like it is 100% certain it leaked from a lab, that, that there was a cover-up, and that they, they've been vindicated somehow. They're full of shit. So let's hear from Dr. Fauci on MSNBC. Relentless. It's also very familiar if you've followed American politics over the last five years. This is a an attempt to weaponize something that isn't uh, that's kind of harmful. Like an eleven-year-old boy in kids' movies. That's a very apt description of Congressman Gates. Republicans are calling for his ouster and trying to tie him to various conspiracy theories. Largely, it seems, uh, in an effort to excuse. Also, I was that eleven-year-old that thought he was all knowing. So, of this pandemic, the result: Dr. Fauci now finds himself at the center of the GOP's pandemic messaging. 100%. Public health official like him does not like to be. Frankly, it's what's happened to a lot of public health officials on the state and local level. So many of them ended up leaving their jobs. We're going to talk about that with because him. Because they were demonized by idiot-ass right-wingers. Done. And we still have a lot of important questions that the public needs answered about this virus. There are, of course, intensifying questions about its origins after the intelligence community acknowledged that there is a distinct possibility it might trace back to a Chinese lab leak in some form a theory that was initially conflated and confused with baseless claims that this virus was somehow man-made. There are also major questions around the U.S.'s vaccine strategy, both at home and abroad. The administration is on pace... Uh, so far, warlord. I mean, I can't disprove that statement. United States adults vaccinated with at least one dose. Some vaccine doses are sitting on shelves so long they may no longer be usable, and we may not even be able to get them to another country to get them used. God damn. As President Biden makes his first overseas trip, the U.S. is facing pressure from the international community to send more doses abroad as the virus's global spread continues to breed new and potentially concerning variants, like the one now spreading in the UK. Yes. also been found in the United States. Like I said, we've got a lot to discuss with Dr. Fauci, so let's dive in. Joining me now is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the chief medical advisor to President 
Biden. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, welcome back to Meet the Press. Thank you, Chuck. Good to be with you. Um, I want to start uh, with the July 4th goal. Wait, they do Meet the Press daily now? What you think is the missing ingredient, if there is one here, to get there. Um, This is from last night, right? Like, it says if it's Wednesday. I missed that one. You've seen that you know the pace of vaccinations. It's fallen back. It feels like we are literally on a door-to-door campaign. Do we have the resources and the time to go door-to-door to meet this goal? Um, and, and how important is it to meet that goal, or is it a bit arbitrary? Well, it is important to meet it. It was when you said we go or, we go door-to-door in other countries. So. And the stimulus to get there. If you fall short of that, that's not the end of the game. You continue to push. And even if we do, which I hope we do, I believe we can meet the goal by July 4th of getting 70% of the adult population with at least one dose. Even if we do, we don't want to stop there. We want to continue to get as many people vaccinated. What do you guys think? Are we going to hit that number? What is it right now? It's important to go all the way as much as you possibly can. A goal is important, and we're going to try and get there. Uh, You're right. Things have slowed down a bit. But that's what happens when the cohort of people who have not been vaccinated is smaller and smaller as you vaccinate more people. As you said, we have about 50 percent of the adult population is already completely vaccinated and over 60 percent have had at least one dose. So we're doing very well, but we want to do even better. What's the drop? I think about, you know, we're we're just beginning summer and I know people don't want, want me to bring up fall yet but look we know what the fall and winter bring um cold and flu season and perhaps this 42.5 percent of the population has been vaccinated okay we're not 42.5 july that's not good 42.5 percent of the population has been completely vaccinated I'm sorry, 49%. Fuck, I don't know. I'm not reading this chart right. I'm fucking up. It's a state-by-state chart, so it's fucking with me right here. Wait, you can't get your first shot, Adam? What? Yeah, it is slowing down, especially like here in the South. The Northeast has the highest vaccination rates. So it says 42.5% of the total U.S. population has been vaccinated. I don't know how many had one shot. I can look at different states. Yeah, can you not, can you not make an appointment? It was super easy for me to go. I went to the Kroger pharmacy. That like... Overall, it was in and out. It took about five or six minutes to process, you know, the, you know, entry of my data and shit. 
I probably sat there two or three minutes. The pharmacist came out. Boom, right in the arm. He was a cool guy, too. And then I had to sit there 15. It was the, the biggest chunk of it was having to sit there the 15 minutes to make sure you don't have a reaction. I just called my Uber. You know, I, I gave it like five minutes, called the Uber, headed out. Whoa. I do not encourage being dope sick. Yeah, it was like, I I called and was like, can I come today? And they're like, yeah, if you can get here before two. I'm like, all right, that that sounds good. Like they're going to give you like some kind of a window or something, depending on the day. I... I wish you luck in getting vaccinated. Good, but we can live with that. What is that like before the fall and winter become potentially uh, 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 problematic if we can't meet this? I don't. I don't think we're going to have a good time this fall. Well, Chuck, it's important to to know what you obviously know is that we have a big country and there's real disparity. I'm not rooting for it. I hope we're back open. People who are vaccinated in different states, cities, regions. And in those areas in which you have a high degree that are, oh, I mean, we already have now, I think it's 13 at least states that have reached the 70% goal already in June. And if they get further, that high? further they'll be more and more protected. So you're going to see regions of the country. And if you look at the map, you'll see there are some. Regions I guess he's meaning the 70% rate by June, like 64% really in this one. Because th- those are the, the states and the areas that are going to be most vulnerable if, in fact, there is the potential for a surge as we get into the fall, this is particularly. Oh, Jay Miles, we did that. We did that story last night. I tried to stick a fucking fork to my head. They had the B117. They were doing very, very well. And then what they're starting to see now is that the new Delta variant, the 617, that originated or was at least first recognized. And the 617 is now becoming dominant in the UK. Uh, there's about 60%. I was speaking to their health officials the other day. It's about 60% there. The variants Fortunately for look us, incredibly scary. That we have available are good against the B117. A little bit of a diminution, but not much against the 617 or the Delta. So for goodness sakes, we have the tools in our hand to prevent any difficulties from occurring in September, and that's the reason. If we can get to a high vaccination rate, which isn't going to happen, why it's so important. And 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 here's the thing: fucking Trump. That pissed me off when I watched his speech on Saturday, when he took credit for the vaccination that he didn't publicly get. That one man single-handedly could have probably got us over the threshold for herd immunity. Like just a tiny sliver of his supporters getting the vaccine gets us over the threshold. Him getting it publicly and making a big deal about it as the president should have means he was, him not doing that means he was derelict in his duty. And that was part of the thing, like in the CDC manual, where they talked about messaging was so important. And everybody having the same messaging. 
him not getting the vaccine was not being on the same page of the messaging as the rest of the government. And it, it's, it's going to hurt us. And then he has the, the fucking gall to get up on stage and take credit for the vaccine. For themselves and their own protection, for their family, but also they don't want to be a vehicle for the spread of the virus. You want to be a dead end for the virus. And that's what we're trying to get across. Uh, we're still on any given day, two to 400 people are dying from this virus. It's still anywhere from 1,500 to 2,500 a week. This is, this is not- Infections, I assume? Oh, no, no, death. Who's dying? Who's getting hospitalized? I just, is it a different, is it, is it a different age group? Is it, or, or are we seeing the same people who were vulnerable in the past being the ones hospitalized? Well, we're seeing a little bit skewing of it, Chuck, because if you look at the elderly, they are they've done well. We've been able to vaccinate, you know, 80 percent or so of people over a particular 65 years old and age or over the hospitalizations and the death. And I honestly believe like like my mom, like lived through fucking polio and shit, had the gigantic mark on her arm from getting the polio shot. She understood the significance of it. It's like. Just a little bit younger cohort that's likely to be anti-vax. And then, but we are starting to see right now, even though the likelihood of a younger person who gets infected getting a serious outcome is still certainly much less than the elderly or those with underlying conditions, we're seeing now clearly that people who are younger are getting hospitalized and some of them are dying. So people who are young should not feel they're completely exempt from getting the risk of having a serious... Oh, I certainly don't. Talk to physicians and healthcare providers. I went out to dinner on Friday and I still wore my mask. And in the hospital, they're telling you they're seeing more... But technically, I'm not fully vaccinated until this weekend. It's like the two weeks. I want to transition a bit to the global challenge. Uh, Here's how the foreign affairs put it, um, uh, put it yesterday. It is time to say it out loud. The virus behind the COVID-19 pandemic is not going away. Among humans, global herd immunity, once promoted as a singular solution, is unreachable. Most countries simply don't have enough vaccines to go around. And even the lucky few with an ample supply, too many people... Now, the Biden administration has committed to sending 500 million doses to to other countries. Might be 2020 all over again. But but we really need to ramp up production in other countries. The world is still living in a pandemic... And, and and we're not. And how protected are we in our bubble if that's the case? We're not. It's well, going to mutate to where it's not going to... Extraordinarily important point. Where it's going to be resistant to global our vaccines. pandemics will be solved by a global solution. You cannot live in a vacuum in this world. We're an interconnected world, particularly when you're dealing with a highly transmissible respiratory virus. We are doing well in getting people vaccinated, as we just mentioned a few moments ago. Other countries that are in the developed world are doing well in getting people. But there are many countries in the world in which the level of vaccine is so low through no fault of their own. They don't have the resources. No fault of their own. It's our fault. It is specifically the U.S.'s fault. 
to say that we must look at this in the context of a global solution. And I feel, and I've been this way for 40 years since the days of HIV, when I felt we needed to get interventions in the developing world, both as a moral responsibility for those individuals in those countries who are suffering because they don't have the resources, but also for our own self-interest. Because if you have the smoldering, if not the pure outbreak of infection in other parts of the world, there's always the danger, if not the inevitable threat, yeah. that there are going to be variants that will come. Fortunately for us, we've done very, very well with our vaccines with the variants that are currently circulating. But there certainly is a possibility that there will be the emergence of a variant that would elude the protection of a vaccine. So we really do want to look very carefully at what's going on in the rest of the world. And scares the fuck out of me. That's what I've been saying the entire fucking time. He seems to be a bit reluctant. When people were arguing about lockdowns back last year in April and May, like you don't want to let it spread out of control because it's going to mutate. I was I was laughed at. And like I know jack shit about science. I just know enough to know how fucking viruses work. Giving excess vaccine away. There's been and I get it. I the political And it's like a one in a million chance that it mutates into something dangerous. And we But that's what happens when you give it millions of chances. Political fear that might be in the back of the head of whether it's the president or others. But have you, what, why have, what does it appear we have been a bit slow with uh, handing out our virus around the world? Yeah. Intellectual property. To your question, through the medical team, through Jeff Zients and, and the entire. Protecting the profits of Pfizer and Moderna. Have made it very clear. I have been very vocal about the need to have a global solution. I've mentioned this to the president. It has gone to the president through the team. The president is a aware of it, b sensitive to it, and very empathetic. Release the IP. To see what happens in the G7, I think that's important for us to wait to see what the president. That's that's the important thing. Sounds like one of those you don't want to get ahead of the president. Uh, As somebody who covered uh, presidents, I I I think I know the trap you may feel like you're in uh, on that front uh, uh, on public disclosure. Let me transition to a report yesterday and to get it origin of COVID. The Wall Street Journal noted, uh, found out that there was a report on the origins of COVID-19 by a U.S. government national laboratory and that they concluded the hypothesis claiming the virus leaked from a Chinese lab in Wuhan was plausible and, did, and at the time deserved further investigation. According so here to we go. Here's the juicy shit. Doctor. What can you, what kind of light can you shed on this uh, report and what do you remember about it at the time? Yeah. Chuck, there's nothing new about that. All of us have always realized, and I feel this way, I haven't changed. Most of the scientists that I know feel that way, that the most likely origin is a natural origin from an animal reservoir to human. However, we have not ruled out the possibility that there could have been a leak from the lab of them working on the virus. It could have been that someone was infected early on, they brought him into the lab and it came out of the lab, but it was already out in the community. So I think the confusion is because most of the scientists 
felt that the most likely. No, I hadn't thought about that as a as a reason why the researchers might have gotten sick if they had brought if they brought somebody who was already sick into the lab to study them over again. We've seen it with SARS-CoV-1, with MERS, with Ebola, with influenza, with pandemic flu, with bird flu, with HIV AIDS. That's what you see all the time that happens when you have the animal-human interface. But all of us have been open-minded enough to- Animal-human interface. you nail down exactly what it is, you always must leave open the possibility with an open mind that there could be a leak. So with that report that you just put up is saying is not anything new or anything that anyone has been articulating all along. When a scientist says they feel that the most likely etiology, the most likely origin is in this case natural, that doesn't mean there's a closed mind to it being a leak, even though Many people mm-hmm. feel, myself included, and they will change their position when new evidence becomes available. A natural one. Uh, by the way, we keep talking about a leak and natural origin, um, it, it, and this gets to sort of the circular logic of this of this critique. I, I, I I'm not a scientist, but let me ask you this: If this was a main brother, virus, why is the, one of the worst vaccines that's circulating globally the one created right. by the Chinese? Right. Uh, You know, I think you may have mentioned it in the run into the show, Chuck, very accurately, that what I think people conflate and maybe get confused when they say leak. There's two ways of looking at that. Did you deliberately make a virus that you wanted to do harm to the world and then it leaked out? Well, why would the Chinese want to make a virus that equally kills them as kills other people? So that's the reason why when you talk about that's really way out there and like off the war, you know, off the chart. The other one is... I feel like he's he's trying to say like, no, 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 no. They would do something where like their genetics like aren't affected. Like, are you trying to say they've got that kind of technology that they're working on? They could exclude certain like genomes and shit. What would happen with like mixed race couples? And I'm going down a rabbit hole now. In which they made somehow manipulating the virus and then it leaked out. Certainly that's a possibility. Nothing that we've seen, if you look at the virus, looks like that it might have been manufactured in the laboratory when you get the uh, viro- the virologist, the evolutionary uh, phylogeneticist who know virology look at that and says we don't see any fingerprints there but it looks like that but Rand Paul said a pure and cleavage site that happens with other viruses it's happened with coronaviruses so there's the possibility you always want to keep an open mind and you know when you talk about those things the general public understandably why should they understand those kinds of things they're very complicated but just know that there is an I don't fucking know anything about it why I have been saying I'm in favor of further investigation. I haven't changed my mind. It was very interesting when I was asked, uh, Chuck, I believe by PolitiFact, they asked me the question, are you absolutely certain that this was not a lab leak? And and I said, well, of course, of course I'm not. absolutely certain. No one is. 
that made big news that I sort of changed my mind. I didn't change anything. I still feel the same way. You want to keep an open mind. It's a possibility. I believe it's a highly unlikely possibility. And I believe that the most important one that you look at what scientists feel is very likely that it was a natural origin. But again, always keeping an open mind and less investigated. Right. And that's why I have come out saying I'm very much in Evidence. Favor of further investigation. What is the look? You're you're a sci- scientist uh, at heart, which means all scientists have a hypothesis. Um, what's your leading hypothesis then? Is this more of a China's covering up when they found the virus, or or China's panic that it was something they were studying and it leaked out? What what's the what's the more likely question? More likely scenario. You know, uh, Chuck, I. I don't want to get into that because, you know, lately everything I say gets taken out of context, not by you, but by others. I mean, I, I think, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a tough one. Um, what could certainly have happened is that there was disease in China that, you know, when viruses start to infect humans, they often have to adapt better. So there could have been infection going on there for a while that was undetected. And then when it adapted itself well, starting to make really very clinically apparent disease, they started to recognize that. And then they started to study it. The answer is, Chuck, I don't know what went on there. I don't. Fair enough. Welcome back. And what feels... Nah, we're leaving now. We're moving on to the next controversy. No, I... I don't know what to expect in terms of when we might know about the actual origins. When we might get answers to any of these questions. Yes, Toads, you are correct. It's just for throwing out guesses to be tested. It is not for saying like, well, I feel like it's like, and science doesn't deal in absolutes, but like he was speaking to the oranges. All right. The Democrats are pissing me off. They're once again going after Ilan Omar because they're stupid. This coming to us from Fox News. Senior Democratic leaders issued a unified statement on Thursday denouncing comments made by Minnesota Democrat Representative Ilan Omar when she compared U.S. and Israeli, uh, ah, is Israeli war crimes to actions by the Taliban and Hamas. I would say that she was indeed wrong in her critique. The Taliban and Hamas have a long way to go to catch up to Israel and the U.S. when it comes to war crimes. The statement was part of an intern-scene war of words within the Democratic Party with some leftist members of the caucus supporting Omar against attacks by the leadership, Omar issued a statement Thursday clarifying her comments after she was met with a flood of criticism from not only Republicans on the Hill, 
but from members of her own party. Omar's statement, Representative Omar's statement reads, To be clear, the conversation was about accountability for specific incidents regarding those ICC, International Criminal Court cases, not a moral comparison between Hamas and the Taliban and the U.S. and Israel, Omar said on Thursday. I was in no way equating terrorist organizations with democratic countries with well-established judicial systems. In a statement led by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and joined by five other elected House Democratic leaders, the top officials thanked Omar for her clarification but warned against making drastic comparisons. Well, basically, this whole Fox story is blowing something way out of proportion. However, I am once again disappointed in the Democrats for going after Ilan Omar. When, like, God damn it, Matt Gates is a congressman. Jim Jordan is a congressman. Congress did vote to do something good today. They voted to make Pulse Nightclub a national memorial. Three days before the fifth anniversary of the attack on Pulse Nightclub in Orlando, Florida, the U.S. Senate unanimously passed legislation designating the site of the gay club a national memorial. The House passed its version of the bill on May 12th. The measure now goes to President Joe Biden, who has supported a number of pro-LGBTQ proposals and is expected to sign it into law, though it is unclear when, if I had to guess... It would be three days from now on the fifth anniversary if he's back in the country. I'm not sure he will be. I believe the G7 meeting is this weekend. Senator Rick Scott from Florida actually introduced the Senate bill. Scott was governor at the time of the massacre. Good on Rick Scott. Very unexpected. While introducing the measure on Wednesday, Scott said speaking to parents who lost children and attending funerals and wakes for the young victims following the June 12th, 2016 attack was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Wait, didn't we say third anniversary? It was in 2016? Fifth anniversary. While a similar bill passed the House in 2020, it languished in the Senate. Scott's measure passed by unanimous consent enjoying bipartisan backing. (laughs) Of course, it had to be proposed by a Republican in order to get him on board. It enjoyed bipartisan backing from fellow, uh, uh, fellow Florida Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican, and California Senator Alex Padilla. In a statement, Rubio said he was inspired by Orlando's continued resiliency, pride, and strength, though these motherfuckers are part of a party that have blocked rights for the community. They're still attacking the community with their trans bills. 
Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't criticize. Criticize themselves. All right, this is a story I want the lowdown on. I I don't really know what's going on, and obviously I don't know how to pronounce uh, Abula. 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 Fuck. I don't even know if this story uses the word. Abuela. Abuela. Tuberville, Tuberville, what? I had not heard about that. Abuela. Abuela. I'll have to look into this Tuberville. That's, and that's my senator. I had not heard anything about it. On Wednesday, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez issued an anguished tweet about the living conditions of her grandmother now. This was published on June 7th, so it's referring to last Wednesday. Issued an anguished tweet about the living conditions of her grandmother in Puerto Rico, whose home has apparently been rather worse for wear since Hurricane Maria passed through four years ago. According to AOC, it is naturally all Trump's fault, as he didn't say, and we must be on a right-wing side. <laughs> it is naturally all Trump's fault, as he didn't send $20 billion in aid quickly enough, because, yeah, yeah. And so just like that, and I'm sure like her tweet didn't say that. That's just an inference by this. Written by Cockburn. I'm sure Cockburn is biased. In response, Matt Walsh, a Daily Wire podcast host, launched a hasty GoFundMe campaign to help AOC's uh, beleaguered forebearer. The fund swiftly raised more than $100,000 before skidding to a halt on Saturday, which, of course, was the plan all along. AOC seems to think... uh, it is worth $104,000 of her abuela's... Ab- fuck. Abuela. Of her abuela's money to express that... Do- to express that doesn't want money from the likes of us, Walsh said. Abuela could have accepted the money and donated it to charity, but it seems AOC preferred to insult the 5,800 people who donated... Doesn't this strike anyone besides Cockburn as deeply pathetic? <laughs> oh, shit. This is uh, specterworld.com is where I, I got this, this story. The first w- rule of online arguments is do not feed the troll. AOC thrives on attention, and the right just gave her even more of it. It's not like any of this is going to make AOC embarrassed about her rhetoric. Three years on Twitter and Twitch have made it obvious AOC is beyond embarrassment. Holy fuck! Wrote a man with the writing under the, the pen name Cockburn. God damn. Right wingers are morons. I actually thought that I was... I looked at the, the, the top part and thought I was getting it from a left-wing site. I was I was severely mistaken here. <laughs> because I wanted to actually know what, AOC, what AOC's reasoning was 
for turning it down. See, because like I, I read this part. In the last week, the most visible conservative cause has been a silly stunt against a high-profile congresswoman. I thought it was going to be bashing the fact that the most visible conservative cause was a silly stunt. No, 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 no. They are on the side of the silly stunt. They are embarrassed by the fact that the most visible conservative cause, by their own words, was a, was a silly fucking stunt to try to own the libs. Fucking shit. Zero self-awareness. I wish these people could feel embarrassment. Because then they wouldn't show their faces on TV again. Speaking of which, Jeffrey Tubin, who was caught masturbating on a Zoom call, showed his face on TV again. So this should be good and highly entertaining. I don't know if I'm high enough for this one. To quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think Obviously. see me. You so, thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and <laughs> indefensible. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was the whole interview. Shit. No, no, no. I want to hear from Jeffrey Tubin. We can't we can't stop there. I want the whole goddamn segment. I mean, it's bound to be one of the most popular clips on YouTube, right? Here we go. Jeffrey. Hello, Allison. It's been a while. It has been a while, indeed. I feel... <laughs> I wouldn't do... I wouldn't go back to TV. I honest, honest to God, I wouldn't. I'd lean into it. I'd start like a Pornhub show or some shit. I'd let people watch me masturbate. <laughs> I gonna try to have a career again after that. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> that face. This this is his first time back on camera in what six months, eight months, something like that. we should address (laughs) Tones I don't know what you're talking about this is my candy this is fucking shit I I am um what's happened in the months since we've seen you since some of our viewers may not know what has happened (laughs) no no we all know we all fucking know uh I guess I'll recap I'll do the honors oh wow Help yourself. Okay. Um, In October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. 
Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right. Sad to say. Okay. So <laughs> um, to quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't <laughs> thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so thought that you I, had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now, I don't I don't know about I think I think he gets a thrill from I think he's an exhibitionist. Look like how else does he get back on TV after that? Like he's fucking into it. He wants people to see him whack his willy. That's what I'm saying. He should have left CNN and started a Pornhub channel. Get you an OnlyFans, sir. That's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible, but... I just... I, I mean, that, that is part of... That. I just... Knowing that, I can't have your legal analysis. And, like, not that there was anything wrong with your legal analysis before this incident. I just don't know that I can watch you without, like, thinking about it part of the story. Um, and, you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly confess, um, trying to be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly... We shouldn't be ashamed of our sexuality. It's, it's okay. It's okay to masturbate. I, the, the 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 gross part about this is like the violation of trust of your coworkers in a professional setting. That's the only problem with what you did, sir. Masturbating in the comfort of your own home is totally fine and nothing to be ashamed of and nothing you need to do any kind of penance for. Good on you for doing charity work and what have you and going to therapy if you feel that you need it. However, we shouldn't shame people over their natural fucking urges. The only thing you have to apologize for is the fact that you violated your fucking co-workers' trust. And I I don't know that there's not something like you were kind of into it and you were hoping that your co-workers saw you. That's my thought process on it. Knowing, knowing pervy people the way I do working on a new book about the Oklahoma City bombing, but I am trying to become the kind of person that people can trust again. I'm sure you've replayed that embarrassing moment over and over many times. Um, have you I, think, I think he's into it. He has totally played it over and over again. He's gotten off to it a few times. About what it must have been like to be on the receiving end of that Zoom call? Um, well, I, I haven't just thought about it. I've spoken to several of my former colleagues at The New Yorker about it. And, you know, they uh, were shocked and appalled. Um, I think they realized that this was not intended for them. I think they realized that this was um, something that I would immediately regret, as, as I certainly did. And it was then, it was that day 
that I began apologizing, and that is something that I have tried to continue to do, uh, both publicly and privately. You know, we've covered a lot of political scandals. Yes, yes, yes. I wouldn't call Tubin lefty at all. I wouldn't call anybody that's uh, appearing on commercial media, I wouldn't call lefty at all. I've said the words, now get off my back. That's exactly what I've tried not to do. I mean, I have tried... I'd call him a shit lib. ...to say how sorry I am. Sincerely, in, 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 in all seriousness. Above all, I am sorry to my wife and to my family, but I'm also sorry to the people on the Zoom call. I'm sorry to my former colleagues at The New Yorker. I'm sorry to my current, fortunately still, colleagues at, at CNN. And I'm sorry to the people who read my work and who watched me on CNN. And who, I, I, I still think you don't have a career going forward so that people are only going to see you as the masturbating bear. I'm very privileged and very lucky that I'm going to be able to try to do that. You should have started an OnlyFans. This whole incident is that for decades you have covered the bad judgment and sexual proclivities of public figures and politicians like <laughs> Bill Clinton and... Isn't it ironic, Elliot don't you Spencer think? And Donald Trump, and I could go on. And so, you know, of course it begs the question, why didn't you have better judgment? Because I didn't have better judgment. Because I'm a flawed human being who makes mistakes. And, um, I, you know... I, there is no defense for my conduct. The only issue is what should be the consequences. And the New Yorker made one decision about the consequences. CNN made uh, made a different decision, fortunately, for which I'm very grateful. But I am not going to come up here and like split. I want you like split hairs and try to cut. Okay, you're CNN. You're you're making a decision. Your your management making a decision on Jeffrey Tubin. Are you like? We need to see the Zoom call. We need to see if he like if he meant it or not. Did they ask to see it? Did they get the New Yorker people to send it over? And how embarrassing is that? Come up with justifications or explanations. It was wrong, it was stupid, and I'm trying to be a better person. I do want to get to what the New Yorker decision was and right. the consequences. So, after you had worked there for 27 years, mm -hmm. um, you were fired. They said after an internal investigation. And in an internal memo, one of the executives there Ooh, said, juicy. Uh, I am writing to share with you that our investigation regarding Jeffrey Tubin is complete, and as a result, he is no longer affiliated with our company. Do you know what else they found? I do, actually. I was told very specifically by the people involved that um, they looked at my entire career at, at The New Yorker, you know, 27 years, and found that there had been no complaints about me, no issues, no other, you know, th this was not the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just this incident. And I was certainly relieved, though not surprised, that that's what they found. And uh, But yet, nevertheless, they made the decision to get rid of me, which, needless to say, was heartbreaking for me. So you're saying there will be no surprises after this that will come out? <laughs> I, uh, there are no surprises out there uh, about my conduct, that I am worried that, 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 that there is like a, that there's a skeleton that's going to be found. Um, you know, I, I look, I, I live in the world. I know social media, what what the reactions are likely to be. I assume, I hope they will be at least mixed. But, uh, and so people can claim what they want, but I don't think there is any um, anything further that's going to come out. Do you think... You I don't know what you mean by pull the Perry Mason. 
you know, I'm, I am the worst person. Is that a reference to the new show? I, mean, I have not watched yet. No, I mean, obviously, I, I loved The New Yorker. I loved working there. I, I felt like I was a very good contributor to that magazine for a very long time. And I thought this punishment was excessive. But look. Uh, you know, That's true. Why was he more sorry to his wife? Well, embarrassing her, I guess. To be the judge. But it's really is the violation was on the colleagues. Um, I thought it was an excessive punishment. I am incredibly grateful to CNN for. Wait, Perry Mason did a trench coat flash. What? I'm I'm completely confused. For them to get rid of me and for CNN to keep me. Other people have weighed in. Yes, indeed. Um, late night ah. talk shows have had a field day. Hey, you know what? Well, of course. Two segments on Saturday Night Live about me. That's that's like, anyway. How not one, but two. Did you see it? Did you watch it? I that? actually did not watch it. I I, I I sort of read transcripts, and I guess I saw a little YouTube of it. Um, you know, I, I try. <laughs> I, I've, you know, one thing about all this is I've never thought of myself, even when I was a prosecutor, as someone <laughs> who was someone who oh. punish everyone. Not just Cutter. Of the law, and and also. You know, as a journalist, I see what you did there. That you know, not every crime deserves the death penalty. So I, I don't think there's a lot of hypocrisy involved in a claim for leniency on my part. But it is true that you know people had fun with this, and I am enough a person in the world to know you know people were going to have fun with it. Well, I mean, on that note, even O.J. Simpson took a swipe at you, um, and even O.J. Holy shit! I do. In all fairness, I did a freaking news about it. And I played the divinals when I think about you and touch myself. Butt of jokes? Yeah, not, like the 70s detective show, but like uh, the only thing I remember about it was the theme. It had a really good theme song. I don't, I like, it was on while I was a kid. Like my grandmother would watch it and I was playing with Legos in the floor and shit. That kind of thing. Many a man flashed themselves while wearing a trench, like... That happened that it was a common thread on the show? Were, were there a rash of perverts in the 70s? It was like the pervert Obviously. panic instead of the and satanic so panic. you think that that will somehow color your legal analysis in the future? I, I, you know, I really don't think so. You know, my dad used to say something. He used to say, you can judge a person by their enemies. And if you shouldn't bring up your dad and your apology for masturbating, sir. I just. Well, Jeffrey, um, on that note. Welcome back. To the news? <laughs> sure, let's go. Okay. Let's do that. Oh, it's still awkward. You heard me yeah. uh, talking about that the judge compared the use of the AR. Oh, so now we're, now we're just going right into the. We're going to spend seven or eight minutes on masturbation. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the assault weapons ban. Guys, that kind of shit only happens on my show. That's the shit we do on this show. Talk about people masturbating and then talk about assault weapons bans. Oh, fuck. All right, this morning on The Hill... New host, Emily, I don't even remember her fucking last name. Jablonski or some shit like that. Um, she had Matt Taibbi on. She was having a lot of fun with it. I would have too. The spank bank jar. 
Well, now, knowing what we know about executives at news organizations that has come out, Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, apparently, you know, it's just one big game of grab ass behind the scenes at news organizations. It wasn't that way at the local station I worked for, I can assure you. Yeah, commercial break or something. Seriously, it's so fucking awkward. Yeah, the the dude, uh, uh, Garrison Keeler. On Prairie Home Companion, yeah. All of them just playing grab ass behind the scenes before they tell you about, you know, the latest tragedy. But I mean, like, fuck it, I was a news person as well, so was it to, like, perverts or prone to the fucking position or something? I, but yeah, I would have, I would have gone to break, ran some sort of package. Fox also has a, Fox has a very rapey type though. They moved on from the rapey assholes to the Nazi assholes. All right. So (laughs) package. (laughs) Well, when I say, when I, when I say package, I mean like some pre-produced news roll with a journalist saying some shit to cut the fucking tension so they can come back and actually do their jobs. I don't know that like I would have let him come on and just do that apology, say, all right, bye Jeffrey, welcome back, and then have him on a couple days later. Let people like me get our fucking jollies on about it. And then he can just show back up and he's, you know, doing his normal shit. But all right, let's talk about cancel culture. Matt Taibbi was on the Hill this morning with Emily... A report in the Daily Beast raised the... Emily Jahinsky. I probably butchered her name as well. Totally not been a fan of her thus far. I was never a fan of her as a guest either. Hilarious but ridiculous question. Is Glenn Greenwald the new master of right-wing media? Journalist Matt Taibbi assessed... I mean, it's a pretty stupid headline, but it's clickbait. First response to any criticism of the mainstream media is to accuse people of being aligned with the right. But these new elitist political rules of resistance of the... Re- I would say that was that's a straw man. I think throughout this piece and me commentating back, I'm going to prove to you that your position always benefits the right. Resistance era have sparked unlikely allies among Republicans and Democrats. Matt Taibbi joins us now to discuss further. Matt, welcome back. Thanks for having me on. You know, this is I a- have a lot of respect for Matt Taibbi. I've been reading him for 15, 20 fucking years now. From the Federalist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, do 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 take note about Emily being from the Federalist. Our next story comes to us from the Federalist, and it's not by accident because I'm going to illustrate a point. And it might have a couple of years ago, but not really. 
Right, and, and that's an important point, and that's what you're, you have a fantastic essay on your Substack about all of this, and it, it basically gets at the common cause you write about against the, quote, epistemic revolution um, that the left and the right, I guess more of like the populist left and the right have found amid this era of, you know, the, the knowledge being too dangerous for the rabble, as you put it. and, and Knowledge being too dangerous for the rabble. All of that good stuff. So can you break down that's basically... Yeah, it's super bad. <laughs> um, but can you break down basically the argument about like what I would is call that hyperbolic. Revolution? What does it look like and why then is there common cause between the Federalist and, and Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald? It's disappointing to me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the the issue for me is really symbolized in the approach to censorship, which has become a, a big thing, obviously, in the last couple of years. Um, I started to think about this a lot, especially after Alex Jones got kicked off the internet, and there was this... No one censored Alex Jones! Alex Jones is still on the internet! As far as I know, we can come right over here and go to Infowars.com and we can see... Alex's show from earlier today. Here we go. Infowars.com. Totally on the internet. No one is censoring Alex Jones. Social media platforms which have a business interest who sell advertising saw Alex Jones is toxic to their brand and banned him. Alex Jones is not being censored. He hosts perfectly, perfectly okay. He is hosting his own bullshit online on Infowars.com. You can go and watch all his video. YouTube is not obligated to host his content and give him an algorithm and, and fucking advertising revenue. They are not obligated. That is not a right. And YouTube banning him is no infringement on first immediate on, on his First Amendment rights. And it's certainly not censorship. And like I, I do not understand people and Matt Taibbi, that's the best example you got. A man who had to be taken to court multiple times for harassing victims of a mass shooting. That's the cause you're you're going to bat for? That's what worried you? It's an, an initial response by people who I, I think 15 or 20 years ago would have been kind of down the line traditional ACLU liberals who might have been a little unnerved by it, even if they couldn't stand Alex Jones. Um, this idea of having... Why would I be a nerd of 15, 20 years ago? This shit has been happening to me. Ask me how many times I've been fired from the radio, Matt Taibbi. None of you are rushing to my defense. I fucking, I'm banned on Facebook right now. Twitter won't give me my fucking Twitter account back. Come on, Emily and Matt. Promote the Troll Patrol on the hill and I'll take you fucking seriously because they're going to make a plea to me to be on their side on this. A private oligarchical uh, sort of control over speech 
I don't want a private oligarchical control over speech. That is the exact opposite of everything I have preached against my entire fucking adult life. I don't want a a hyper-capitalist society like this. But that's what right-wingers, especially people like fucking Emily at the Federalists, have advocated for the fucking free market. What that's code for is that businesses can do what the fuck they want. Uh, in this, in the Trump era, I think there's been kind of a significant philosophical shift to, um, you know, just some things are just too dangerous. Some people are just too dangerous to um, allow to have civil liberties. And what we really need is a group of enlightened. His fucking, his evidence, the one example he gave was Alex Jones. No one is infringing on Alex Jones' civil liberties. He still does a show every fucking day. And he's charismatic enough that he's able to fucking do it. He doesn't have to depend on YouTube's algorithms. Though I know it fucking helped him. People still actually go out of their way to watch his shit. No one is infringing on Alex Jones' civil liberties, Matt Taibbi. What the fuck are you talking about? Experts. Experts is a big term on, on the left now. Um, capital E. Put, yeah, with a capital E. Uh, or as John Carl of ABC put it the other day, talking about the the uh, lab leak theorem, uh, quote, serious people. We need those people kind of in charge of uh, making sure that only certain people have access to uh, information. And, and I think, again, this is a diff- it's a different way of looking at things than, than I think liberals would have looked at it maybe 20 or 30 years ago because i don't know what the fuck you're talking about there are now a number of people who would formerly have been political enemies or who are i i have have faced these consequences over and over again of the capitalist system and have just accepted it like oh well that's the system i live in i advocate for different policy but i like when it comes to business i've tried to beat people at their own game i've tried to like create my own domain to where i don't have to take shit from anybody like what the fuck is up with matt taibbi he has been a trusted reporter for years what the fuck is up with matt taibbi glenn gringwall what is going on with these people we're now saying the same thing which is um you know we disagree with that kind of elitist uh, approach to the situation and I think the elitism also sort of creates a demand for people like you and the Federalists and myself to just talk. The Federalist! People, uh, because it's not, you know, it, it has been deemed too dangerous by so many people in these elite positions of power. And you break down the example in this, this essay on your Substack, which is fantastic, of Michael Isakoff's conversation with Frank Meyer, in which I alluded to it earlier. He asked him if he feels a little queasy that right-wing news outlets were the only people really covering his book. And what's interesting I would. Is Isakoff is one of the people implicated in Meyer's reporting and in, in having gotten those sort of early indications that the Russia collusion narrative was false. Isakoff was on the wrong side of that entire thing. Can you speak to where you know he? You think he? What narrative? What are you talking about, Emily? I don't like. This is another one of those right wing things where they just automatically say something like act like it's true. What? What are you saying was proven false? Because people have called in and argued with me about this. And I've put up the Mueller report. I've been like, you know, 
100 connections between the campaign and Russia. 11 counts of obstruction. What, what the fuck? Like, okay, so here, like, my position is I will go on any right-wing site. Any, any right-wing outlet. Do I have no qualms with going on and being on a right-wing outlet. Absolutely. Please, please, please invite me. Invite me on your right-wing program. I would love to argue with you. Please, please, please. The difference between, like, me and somebody like, I don't know, a Jimmy Dore is I'm not going to go on Tucker and be Tucker's puppet. I'm not going to go on and make his point and his point exclusively. If I go on Tucker, I'm going on Tucker to argue something I don't think Tucker's audience has ever heard before. And I'm going to try to fucking talk some sense into them. And I'm going to be adversarial against right-wingers. I'm going to be adversarial against a lot of fucking other fucking quote-unquote lefties or liberals. I'm just adversarial, period. Ha <laughs> ha. He finds the audacity to ask that question to somebody like Meyer when Meyer is identifying something that was just sort of objectively wrong. He's addressing it. So what's so wrong with at least having that conversation and other people agreeing with basically the facts? Well, first of all, I should say, you know, I always try to go out. My oh, but as for like, you know, even though you like, I'm sure there are plenty of people like like the Dave Rubin that used to be left and turned like conservative for money it would be so e- if my fucking patreon video go watch it on youtube is like me threatening like the right wingers would love me in my asshole attitude if i was a right winger so you better support me or i'm going to turn right winger and i'm going to cash out it's an empty threat, though. I could never do it. Like, I've, th- I've tried. I've tried to sit here and make the right-wing points, and I'll laugh my ass off or I feel fucking dirty, so I can't ever do it. Last time I, like, in 2017 was the last time I had conversations about being on terrestrial radio. About being on the local AM talk radio. And what it came down to is they didn't want to sell advertising on me. I would have had to sell my own fucking advertising to be on the radio. So, but like, other people, they don't fucking care. But I I think you find more genuine people on the left. I think the people on, like, leftist Twitter actually believe the shit they're saying. Whereas people on the right don't actually... Don't fucking know, don't care. Tim Pool is not smart enough to even know where he falls on the political spectrum. He's just saying shit that gets him clicks. So, like, fucking... It doesn't surprise me that there's a lot of fucking money out there trying to turn other people. Trying to turn them into... And, like, I even have a stand-up comedy bit about me turning Christian and becoming a preacher and talking about like being an, and then like one day just going up in front of like my congregation that like I, I, I had a TV show and everything and been like nope nope I fucked with you guys don't believe any of this shit just drop the mic if I because I would be a fucking hero on in the atheist community if I actually did that you know if I took the six seven eight years to build up the the ministry and everything Max levels of copium. It would be a really good... I don't have the patience, and I can't... I'm not... I don't have the... I can't compromise my ethics to go and fucking bullshit people. 
I I do not prank call in anyone, sir. <laughs> I take offense to that, or madam, or they. I'm sorry. Sorry for throwing out a gender on you. Uh, was it Dan Badondi? Fucking Dan Badondi. I want to have him on. I want to have him on so bad. I had so much fun with him on Facebook. But you have to... They have fragile egos, right? <laughs> Potato! <laughs> so I was I was okay with Dan because the way the way I got in good with Dan was I was like, hey dude, me and I may not disagree, but like you're good at broadcasting. I respect the fact that you're a good broadcaster. And I fucking like stroked his ego, and that's the way I got in good with Dan. Oh, oh shit. You definitely need to check out Echo Blake's media. They cover Dan Badondi. Fucking, if you can get uh, Dave sometime to play you the video of Dan uh, touching a dead whale, it is hilarious. And he's the only, Echo Blacks is the only people that have that video. If that didn't work, Tones, try uh, uh, Bang Echo Plex or Bang Echo. I can't remember what I said it to, but there is, there is a, uh, a hotkey for it. Noah had differences with him about the reporting on this stuff. He at least answers questions about um, his reporting on Russiagate, and he's made himself publicly available, so I try to give him credit. Yeah. I still want to know what Russiagate is. The fact that he even had this conversation with Meyer is kind of extraordinary in in itself. But essentially what he was saying um, was was what's unspoken in the community, which is the journalistic community, which is that if you do reporting and it helps Donald Trump or it's perceived to help that side uh you're supposed to feel a little bit nervous about it and if the only people who are re-reporting your work no 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 i don't <laughs> thank you toads i'm sorry i'll send you a uh, uh a fucking list of those macros i made at some point in time oh fuck now i forgot what i was saying no 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 the criticism was not that like you should feel bad about journalism that helps the right. It's that if the only people sharing out your journalism are the right and people that are prone to misinformation, you should probably question your take. See, you know the you know the fucking commands better than I do. Thank you, Tones. Or a list, or uh, you know, or it's Fox News or the Daily Caller, you know. Normally, that's supposed to be a source of alarm. But the reality of the situation is, look at Barry Meyer. He's, he's a longtime New York Times reporter. He's I don't a, actually know who that is. Yet. Uh, he's just written an excellent book that's, you know, it's, it's sort of... Uh, oh, there we go. Well. I'm sorry. He's, there's nothing wrong with his reporting, but it's not... Exclamation point, Plex. ...mainstream outlets or the non-conservative outlets because politically it sends... That makes sense. Message. So what is the cuff is basically... My stoner to, ass couldn't remember. You know, how do you feel about that, right? Like, do, do, do you want to be left out of the party? Do you want to be excluded? Because that's that's the unspoken threat of, of, of the journalistic uh, community right now. Well, that's a really important point, and it also raises the question of sort well, of... Well, just go nuts, Tones. ...common cause between maybe the populist or anti-establishment left and the anti-establishment right is, because it seems as though the calculus is that basically all of these other... Watch my stupid shit! That's great! If we 
cannot restore the fundamental agreement and consensus on free speech and free ex- expression and censorship. Yeah, fuck Facebook. Have these other disagreements about market economies and imperialism and foreign policy, etc. Though, if you go send me a message on Facebook, the auto response is goddamn hilarious. I'm so proud of it. Etc. Do you think that's an accurate way to sort of look at why the left and the right come together? Because it really, I mean, there may be more ideological consensus these days in the populist era than there previously was. But at the same time, there's these huge differences and these huge gaps still exist. But if you, you can't even have those disagreements if you can't at least. I don't know. There's a huge disagreement with me and Matt Taibbi yeah. now. And I was always on the same side as him. There's enormous differences i would say politically i probably don't agree with really anything that you know that, that the modern republican party is is in favor of except for a couple of things like like these issues on, on censorship but the, i don't agree with it at all there's the, the debate right dumb as fuck um you know should we work to try to restore uh you know the basic institutions uh that allowed us to have a free dialogue uh, previously or should we just... Uh, now, notice the scrutiny that he paid to the so-called Russiagate. I think he even mentions Maddow sometimes. Like, I can't, I can't go for any more of this. But Emily works for an organization called The Federalist. Now, let's see one of the recent articles by The Federalist and see what kind of journalistic integrity we're dealing with here. Study says anti-cop commie sympathizer LeBron James is the most hated player in the NBA. Published on June 8th. 2021 by Gabe Kaminsky. That's the kind of hard-hitting journalism you get from the Federalist. Totally not biased at all. A newly released study found that Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, there is no leak. There is no link to the study. I do not know what this study is. Let's see if they actually tell us. That L.A. Lakers star LeBron James is the most hated player in the NBA sports insider and online betting platform put together a geotagged map and found that James scored lowest in favorability in 24 of the 50 states. One of the specific phrases used for the research was, I hate LeBron. This doesn't seem like research or a study at all. The quote-unquote study analyzed 70,000 tweets, hashtags, and phrases. Also, I would think uh, it has nothing to do with his political beliefs, as they're trying to imply anti-cop commie sympathizer LeBron is the most hated player with his BLM shirt on. I'm I'm highly doubting it has anything to do with that. It has to do with, you know... The Lakers are this dynasty that kicks a lot of teams' asses. And a lot of people uh, regard him as one of the best players in the league, if not the best player of all time. I know nothing about basketball. That's my fair assessment of what the people say, what I hear the people saying. But now, Matt Taibbi is okay with going on with Emily from the Federalist and bragging about the Federalist and saying they're okay, but we've got to take issue with 
so-called Russiagate and Rachel Maddow. I don't know what Ma- Rachel Maddow said. I don't. I don't watch cable news. The extent of my cable news watching happens on this show right here. Now I knew of Rachel Maddow because I listened to Air America back in like fucking 2006. And I was a fan of her back then. I'm glad she got her own TV show. I'm sure she really classed up fucking MSNBC. If Rachel Maddow was only reporting on the dossier and shit like that, I'm I'm assuming, you know, yeah, it's wild speculation on a fucking opinion show. About Russia. I don't I don't know what they got wrong though. I never hear these specific claims. I just hear every right winger saying Russia gate as if it's something like as if it's an accepted axiom. Still says I ate LeBron for the jokes. Really? I he seems like a nice guy. I and like I don't want to make an assessment of anybody. Like, I fucking hated Michael Jordan growing up just because of the fucking... Now, that's not like when I was a kid, I was a big Jordan fan. Like, like I was a Bulls fan as a kid. But, like, afterwards, I really hated the, 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 the corporatism and all the fucking, you know, watering himself down for this fucking public image and shit. I really, really hated that. But after I watched the, what, the 10-part fucking... Uh, ESPN documentary and found out the dude is like cool as fuck. He's a shit talker and he cusses and smokes cigars and drinks a lot. Fucking love Michael Jordan. So cool. On the flip side of that, WWE did a Taker documentary and I do not like Undertaker. Holy shit, I do not like Undertaker. I wish I had not watched that documentary because all he did was like, uh, my God, my family, my God, my God, my family. Wearing like blue, uh, thin blue line shirts and shit. Cop hating LeBron. I wonder why anybody would hate cops. It's not like I'm going to turn around and show you guys some fucking videos. It's going to make you hate some fucking cops. Professor shared video of cops strip searching a black teen. Now he faces jail time. Baton Rouge prosecutors are hoping to put a college professor in jail for sharing body cam footage, which had already been made public, of a local police strip searching a black teen in broad daylight. I'm not sure if we watched the video. Let's. Well, fuck. I won't watch the stop. 
And tonight, disturbing video has surfaced of a police officer in Baton Rouge strip-searching a 16-year-old and his older brother during a traffic stop in broad daylight. That officer is now under investigation, and we warn As well he should be! It's hard to watch. Here's CBS's Jeff Begay's. At least three or four people in the car. Content warning, fuckers. Stop on New Year's Day in 2020. Clarence, I warn you, the video is hard to watch. Here's CBS's Jeff Begay's. At least three or four people in the car. Within minutes after a traffic stop on New Year's Day in 2020, Clarence Green is standing in the street behind an SUV with his pants down and his underwear exposed. Hey, stop. Come on, you can't do that, bro. I can. What the fuck? in a search for drugs and then Green's 16 year old brother is searched in the same manner Thomas Frampton is I charged him with child pornography bears a closer resemblance to sexual assault charge him with child sexual assault the officers involved were clearly outside the bounds of anything that the Supreme Court has said is permissible for law enforcement officers to do. Later, body camera footage shows an officer entering the Green family home with his gun drawn and without a warrant. Officers did find Jesus. in the search and Clarence Green ended up spending five months in jail until a judge ordered his immediate release. Looks like he's getting ready to be a millionaire. Officers demonstrated a serious and wanton disregard for the defendant's constitutional rights. You think I'm playing with you? I will Tonight, the Baton Rouge Police Department told us that it had conducted an internal investigation, but the found no wrongdoing. Still a fucking cop. Of course, but that's not the only steps they took to try to cover this up. Thomas Frampton, an associate professor of law at the University of Virginia, posted video to YouTube of 23-year-old Clarence Green and his 16-year-old brother to draw attention to their case. The footage shows Baton Rouge cops pulling down both boys' underwear in the middle of the street. At one point, one of the cops, Sergeant Ken Camillo, also enters the Green's family's home with guns drawn without a search warrant. Now, the parish attorney's office for East Baton Rouge has petitioned the court to hold Frampton in contempt of disobeying the court, and a judge has called for the professor to appear for a hearing. Prosecutors are pointing to a Louisiana law that prohibits sharing information relevant to a case in the juvenile delinquency court. Oh my god! And they're using his status as a juvenile to fuck the professor over that recorded it to try to chill his First Amendment rights. Fuck them! There's been multiple things coming out of Baton Rouge. They shot some kid at a gas station. I can't even keep up with all the incidents. And I can't... Sparkles was in New Orleans like uh, three weeks ago. I I remember asking her if they were protesting because I can't even remember what it was now. So it's like, oh my God, the cops lied about this. There's so many of these, these cases. And this, is, this isn't even the most infuriating thing with the cops you're going to hear about tonight. So prosecutors are pointing to a Louisiana law that prohibits sharing information relevant to a case in the juvenile delinquency court. But the 16-year-old was never charged with a crime! Oh my god! 
The body camera footage of the strip search and home entry, which occurred on January 1st, 2020, had already been made uh, available to the public and shared last month. Frampton received his notice from prosecutors the same day the police department held a press conference regarding the video. By seeking to jail a law professor who lawfully shared video of police misconduct, your actions directly implicate the First Amendment. This is according to the legal director for the American Civil Liberties Union of Louisiana. Goes on to state, your office moved for contempt less than 24 hours after CBS Evening News broadcast a story about the BRPD officer's actions. Police can be heard on body camera footage saying, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to come in and fuck you up. At one point, the boys tell the officers they can't strip search them in public, and one cop responds, I can, because cops think they can do whatever the fuck they want. Now this one, I'm seriously, content warning. If the cops still on the job there are no charges it seems like there's a civil case they are suing the only the only people facing charges are Mr. Green which apparently he's been let go and then the professor fucking cop hater LeBron you know how can anyone watch a video like the video we're getting ready to watch right now and not be a fucking cop hater. You tell me. This officer is pulling onto, uh, it looks like the interstate. It might be a state highway. It looks like the speed limit is probably 65, 75, something like that. Not well lit. I don't know. We looks like we don't have audio of the incident. This happened in Arkansas. We're going to be pulling up on a woman who is pregnant, and he's going to attempt to pull her over for speeding. So there he kicks his lights on. Alright, so as you can see, there are no lights. So she's got her hazard lights on. She's clearly indicating that she's going to pull over. She doesn't feel safe pulling over here on this shoulder, which is completely understandable. But this little asshole cop is going to pursue as if it's, you know, a hot pursuit. It's a murderer or a terrorist or some shit. This is yet again why cops should not be allowed to even pull people over. It is her right. The Supreme Court has ruled. You are within your right to go to a a well-lit area a populated area 
And she gave the indication that that's what she was doing by putting on her hazard lights. Yep, yep. This would, if he uh, caught pulled up uh, next to me like that, that would make me even more paranoid. And like, clearly she, she hasn't had an exit. It has been uh, concrete median the entire way. She's, she's now coming up on an exit. I saw the sign. And it looks like she's she's going to pull over at this exit. The cop fucking swipes her on the side. And she she'd slowed down too. I mean, they're they're probably doing what, like 45, 50 miles an hour. Fucking asshole wrecks her. This motherfucker needs to be charged. Attempted homicide, two counts. She was pregnant. Attempted vehicular homicide. Hands down. He's not even acting like he's that concerned. Oh, that's never gonna... They never put them in the general population. That never fucking happens. What a fucking piece of shit. Why didn't you stop? Oh my god, he blamed her. Well, this is how you ended up. I got plenty of room right here. Are you the only one in the vehicle? Yes. Oh my god. She didn't feel like she was safe. That's the exact reason. I hadn't watched this. I knew that was the exact reason. She was coming up on the next exit. Fucking piece of shit. That'll buff out. An Arkansas woman is suing an Arkansas state police officer who she says negligently performed. Now, this is where qualified immunity comes in. If a court hasn't ruled on a specific case, probably like if there hasn't been a court ruling on a cop sideswiping a pregnant woman, they're probably not going to let it go forward. An Arkansas woman is suing an Arkansas state police officer who she says negligently performed a pursuit intervention technique 
that resulted in her car flipping over on highway on the highway at 60 miles per hour in July of 2020. Nicole Harper, who was pregnant at the time, was clocked going 84 in a 70 mile per hour zone. Within seconds of Arkansas State Police Officer Rodney Dunn turning on his uh, patrol cruiser's overhead lights, Harper pulled over to the right lane, turned on her emergency blinkers, and slowed down to 60 miles per hour, 10 below the speed limit. She was unable to safely stop her vehicle on the right or left shoulder due to concrete barriers and a reduced shoulder being on both sides of the road, leaving her with no room to safely pull over. I also say there was no lights. There weren't street lights anywhere. Dashcam video of the incident shows that about two minutes after turning on his lights, Dunn hit the pregnant mother's back left bumper, sending her car crashing into the concrete barrier and flipping over. I thought it would be safer to wait until the exit, Harper can be heard telling Dunn while upside down in her car, because duh, of course it would. No, ma'am, you should pull over when law enforcement stops you, he says, after he fucking flipped her car. Accuses her of fleeing. When people flee from us, that's what happens. I wasn't fleeing, she responded. Fleeing with her hazard lights on. And charged her with failure to yield to an emergency vehicle. Her attorney, Andrew Norwood, alleged the PIT maneuver was deadly force. It was. He should be, the cop should be charged immediately. Adding that an exit was just one mile and the concrete barriers ended about 20 seconds down the road. Norwood said that Harper has some lasting anxiety from the experience and broke down in tears when she saw the video for the first time. I bet. Harper also contests that she did exactly what she learned to do in driver's education when being stopped by a police officer. Pull over to the right side of the road, activate your turn signal or emergency flashers to indicate to the officer that you are seeking a safe place to stop. This is according to Arkansas Driver's License Study Guide. The Arkansas State Police did not return uh, multiple requests for comment. Motherfuckers, you, if, you, if there is a cop watching this right now, this is why we hate your fucking guts. You think you're above the law. Cops do not know or do not care about the fucking law. And I am convinced that law enforcement attracts sociopaths and psychopaths. Fight me. I know, I know for a fact that they discriminate against people with high IQs. There is no excuse for it, and I cannot believe, I cannot believe that we are reading this and that officer hasn't been charged, that she is having to file a civil suit. They charged her. They charged her. Outrageous. Let's not go bashing narcissists here. You have to be kind of narcissistic to do a show and have your, have your... They have Justin freaking painted everywhere, you know? <laughs> uh, let me hit the content warning again on this one. 
Remember that story. This, this one's a couple of days old here. The mother of the teenage murder suspect has been charged. The little dude that, I mean, he was clearly a psychopath. We watched the video of him, like, waving in the back of the, the cop car and shit. Apparently his mom tried to wash his clothes. Let's hear from CNN on this. Year old, Aiden Fucci. It's going to be tried as an adult with an upgraded charge of first degree. And, 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 and let me say something. I think cops should be held to a higher standard. I think that cop should not only be charged with uh, attempted vehicular homicide, two counts. I think they should automatically face double whatever the mandatory minimum is for a civilian. Automatically. I, I do know like it's something like 40% are self-reporting that they're wife beaters. They're very prone to fascism. They're authoritarian as fuck. A lot of right-wingers are authoritarian. They don't actually believe in democracy and a fair society. They believe in hierarchies. Oh, yeah, we're, we're pretty ACAB around uh, these parts. But anyway, back to the kid in Florida whose mom has apparently been charged now. An adult with an upgraded charge of first-degree premeditated murder. He is accused in a vicious stabbing of 13-year-old Tristan Bailey in Florida. She was found dead with 114 stab wounds. God damn! Reported missing and found uh, on Mother's Day, no less. Prosecutors say witnesses told authorities Fucci had made statements about killing someone by taking them into the woods and stabbing them. CNN legal analyst and criminal defense attorney Joey Jackson uh, with a... Old psychopath. Joey, I want to play some of what the state attorney is saying, uh, particularly when he's making this announcement that... uh, By the way, there are little psychopaths running around. The other day when uh, Sparkles and I were out to dinner, she mentioned something about the kids that uh, were in a shootout with the cops. And she said, apparently they had assault rifles. I'm like, well, you know the cops are lying. We watched that video. The cops weren't lying. No, the kids had assault rifles. They were actually trying to shoot the cops. And again, that situation, I actually gave the cops props. They showed restraint. Think about how long it takes to stab somebody 114 times. Seriously. That was premeditated. That's honestly, that's that's a psychopath. An adult here. It's a sad decision and a sad state of affairs, but it was clear to us after we looked at what happened that it was... I mean, I can't disagree. I mean, normally I'm not for charging kids as adults, but... As an adult, but it was really the only choice that we could make. So if he's charged as an adult, Joey, does that mean he will be sentenced as one as well? Yeah, Christy, good morning to you. You know, every uh, jurisdiction throughout the country has different laws as it relates to juveniles and how to treat juveniles who commit horrific offenses. Of course, Florida has a law wherein the prosecutor has the discretion to make that decision if you're as young as 14. And here we see an instance of a brutal... I did see that. Um, That was horrible. Unimaginable. When you look and you read and you hear about the 140... Was that the kid? I think it was in uh, Chicago. Knife apparently was stuck in the cheerleader's scalp. Uh, you know, her body left in a ditch, uh, just, uh, you know, can't even begin to go on with respect to the gruesome 
uh, types of details that came about. And bragged about it, apparently. And what happened here. Oh, well, even CNN showing me the car flipping. Good. We need some attention on that. All right, let's get into a little more lighthearted fare. Let's listen to some dumb fucks bitch about socialism. This is a teacher at a school board meeting who says she's tired of schools pushing socialism. ...to parents and teachers and students who are too afraid to come and speak forward. Parents, the longer that you wait and you don't hold... This is a teacher... By the way, she's wearing a shirt that says "Make Education Great Again," so that should give you the kind of that should give you an idea of the kind of person we're dealing with. Abuela, abuela, abuela. I think I got it. I will not remember tomorrow. Quiz me on that shit. Hold me to it. But this is a teacher complaining about socialism. I know from my uh, chat, I do not need to point out the problem with her logic on this one. Hold your child's schools accountable gives these guys more time to dictate what's best for your child's physical, mental, and emotional health. Don't be afraid to speak out for your kids because they're <laughs> voiceless and they, and they rely on you. El mel. Be afraid of them rooting for socialism by the time they get to middle school. Teachers, it may seem that our careers have come to a dead end, but I'm here to remind you, we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well Ma'am, you absolutely do work for the school board. That is literally your employer. Literally your employer. You work for the school board in your area. That is who employs you. The fact that you don't know that makes me think you're not really qualified to be a teacher. I'm here to remind you, we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well-rounded American patriots. So don't give up. (laughs) It is up to us. Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you are presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. Students, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. And finally, to the board, this is an over... The only people that play victim around here are dumb fuck right-wingers. She's getting up there telling people not to play victim while she's giving a whole speech about how she is a victim. And your policies are just as... Nick Gothard, followed by Ryan. Yes, cut her off. Yes, yes. I assume they were applauding her getting cut off. I would hope. You never know, though. They might have been dumb fucks applauding what she actually said, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever and proved she had no business being anywhere around children. Let's see this one from New York. School board meeting with a parent demanding respect, apparently. Thank you, Mr. Grani. That concludes the special, um, the visitor speaking time. So I'll turn it over to Superintendent's report. Be respectful. 
Wait a minute. Did he just yell out, be respectful in the middle of a meeting? The dude, the, the, the dude that's yelling, he's yelling, be respectful. Oh shit. One of the school board members like like you are going to talk to me like that asshole. Dude fucking rushed up on the stage. He's pissed. You get any more sparks? They've, they've cut the audio, unfortunately. This is what happens when you like you have people spoon fed a whole bunch of right wing propaganda. Exactly. Good example for the children. Well, this father was setting a good example for his daughter when he showed up with her child support and dumped it on her lawn. How did he dump it? It was in pennies. What looked like a landscaping trailer dropped a pile of pennies in front of a window mailbox last month. A deep run graduate says it's been hard trying to make sense of it. Penny is worth a thousand words. I just turned 18. Certainly 80,000 of the coins will help Avery Sanford tell her side of the story. When I was in the middle of class, my dad came by. Um, He had rented a trailer. The Deep Run senior will spend the summer at home before venturing to Virginia Tech for her freshman year. He pulled up in front of our house, like, turned the trailer on, so it dumped out all the pennies in the street in front of our house. Didn't even put him in the yard on the sidewalk. It was happening. She didn't recognize him at first. And she asked, what are you dumping on my lawn? And he said, it's your final child support payment. And that's when she realized who it was. Never thinking she'd have to use a snow shovel in the summer to scoop up some domestic drama. It's not just uh, trying to embarrass. It's also me. It's also my sister. And... It's upsetting that he doesn't really consider that before he... What a dickhead. As the pennies were picked up, Sanford and her mom decided to flip the script. Her mom donating her daughter's last child support payment, every penny, to Safe Harbor, a domestic abuse shelter. Good on her. Money to moms and children. (laughs) I feel like that just... There's like a new trend with these local reporters putting in audio in weird cuts with their fucking voiceovers. I don't like that at all. Put your, put your audio. Audio is fantastic. Please have audio in your package. Those pennies should have been like under you and your voiceover. Not stopping to let the pennies fucking. Yeah. Based mom and dude. Totally down with her. Turns the situation into like a positive one. Like you can learn a lesson from it. A lesson Avery's teaching. She hasn't spoken to her father in years. 
She says the Penny incident proves she made the tough but right decision to stay clear, and she has no interest in having a relationship with anyone who disrespects her mother. It is really her. It is totally okay to cut toxic people out of your life, even if they're your father. It doesn't matter how old your kid is. It doesn't matter if they're uh, a young child or an adult. The actions of your parents will always have some effect on you. Avery's mom did file a police report with Henrico County Police. I spoke to her father tonight on the phone. He tells me it was just 18 years of frustration built up. His emotions got the best of him. And the last thing he... 18 years of frustration? You're not... No, motherfucker. Not your 18... The person who has 18 years of frustration is that poor young lady. Absolute piece of shit. He wanted to do was to put a further wedge between him and his daughter. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what you did. John Burkett, CBS 6 News. Fucking shit. You would think with assholes like that running around, you'd want to encourage people to hook up on the gay websites. So they don't have any more children that they're going to fucking do dirty like that. But no, Apple has addressed the future of Grinder and Scruff after a ban on hookup apps. Seriously, like, that dude, I would love to punch that... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Twitch. I didn't say that. I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to punch anybody. I didn't say anything. Nope. Alarms were raised on Monday, June 8th, after the tech giant Apple issued new regulations in its app store following the announcement of its iOS 15 operating system. The app store guidelines now... I don't know anything about Apple. I'm not an Apple person. I'm very much an open uh, open source kind of guy. Producer Dave has tried to get me on the Linux. I understand the benefits of Linux, but I need to be Windows for the programs I use for my video editing. Yeah, it's kind of funny that we're not hearing about Tinder or any straight dating sites. Plenty of fish. Christian Mingle. The App Store guidelines have long told iPhone and iPad developers what kind of behavior and activity the company will tolerate within its ecosystem, as well as uh, what ones it will likely reject. This time, Apple tightened the rules against apps with pornographic content. Overtly sexual or pornographic material defined by Webster's Dictionary. Oh, God, this is a Bill Hicks bit. As explicit depictions of displays of sexual organs or activities intended to stimulate erotic rather than aesthetic or emotional feelings. Now, I'm pretty sure that Grinder doesn't let you have your dick as a profile picture. I, may, I might be wrong on that. I think it has to be one of your secondary pictures. <laughs> I don't think your dick can be your profile picture. First they came for the The change comes alongside a raft of other tweaks that take aim at scammers and fraudsters and seek to boost privacy. Now, I will say Grindr has been uh, very spammy as of late. So is Tinder. Both. Both. 
Will Grinder or Scruff be removed from the App Store? Apple confirmed to Apple Insider that the new guidelines won't amount to a crackdown on queer dating apps. That's good. Apps such as Grinder or Scruff will in no way be impacted by the guideline. Rather than target dating apps, the new guidelines will seek to block apps that use hookups as a cover for pornography, prostitution, or human trafficking. I didn't know that was a thing. So we'll keep an eye on it. So they're saying it's not going to affect Grindr and shit, but we'll see what actually happens in a few months after uh, uh, implementation. Because, you know, Apple is so good about taking care of you and protecting your data, right? They would never do anything to violate your rights. Not like, uh, you know, uploading pictures that were on your phone after you took it to the Apple store. Apple paid a multi-million dollar settlement to an Oregon woman after repair techs the company had contracted published nude photos of her from her phone on her Facebook. That's what I'm thinking is after Pride, they'll sneakily do it on a slow news day. You're exactly right. I know corporate America. But we'll raise a stink about it if they do. But no, no, no. Fucking what? So, not only did they publish her photos, that's weird, but they actually went to her Facebook. Now, guys, 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 if you're some kind of a tech and you're, you should not violate people's privacy and take their pictures, but goddamn, it's pretty stupid to go and post them on their Facebook. As first reported by The Telegraph, the unidentified woman sent her iPhone to Apple for repairs in 2016. According to court documents reviewed by Motherboard, two repair techs then posted 10 photos of her in various stages of undress and a sexy video to her personal Facebook page. The case highlights the personal nature of our devices and the need for Apple to relinquish relinquish its repair monopoly and let us repair our own stuff. I hadn't even thought about that. That is an issue I'm totally down with. As someone who repairs his own stuff. But I just don't understand why the contractors would post it to her personal Facebook page. According to court records, the woman found out this happened when one of her friends reached out to say her nudes had been uploaded to Facebook. She pulled them down and threatened to sue Apple for invasion of privacy and emotional distress. At the at the very least. In this case, the people who uploaded the photos and videos worked for a company called Pegatron, which is a company Apple works with to do repairs. Now, that's also an issue with companies, and it's, it's huge in, like, construction industries, these oil rigs and shit. Uh, there's all these contractors and subcontractors that they are able to reduce their liability. So you might work for Apple, but you work for Apple as a vendor and you don't actually have uh, accountability with Apple should something go wrong. For years, Apple has been arguing to legislators that it needs to tightly control who is able to do repairs on iPhones and other Apple products. A bunch of bullshit. One of the reasons why I do not fuck with Apple. 
One of the core arguments it makes is that allowing unauthorized repair companies to fix iPhones will lead to privacy violations and will cause security problems. Yep, fuck you, Apple. All right, this next story for Gay Pride Month comes to you as no surprise, I'm sure. Kid Rock caught dropping homophobic slurs at his bar in Nashville. Jackie, thank you. Trending now, Kid Rock creating a buzz on social media tonight over a homophobic slur that he dropped on stage at a bar in Smithville, the cab count. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was wrong on that. It was not at his bar in Nashville. I guess he was doing a performance somewhere. TMZ has the video, and they released the singer making those comments. Kid Rock made a profanity-filled rant, including... Oh, shit! Well, why aren't we watching TMZ then? Motherfuckers. Uh, content warning. Manny sucks ass. I, by, by the way, I've been to so many concerts in my life. I'm a concert head. I've seen Kid Rock live. I spent most of my time on the patio drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. I'm sorry. Fucking Kid Rock sucks ass. And he's and like he was a fucking middle class bougie asshole from Michigan. He's not even Southern. No, fuck you, Kid Rock. Fuck you. You're not an American badass. You're an American chud. Speaking of asshole chuds in country music. Fans in Nashville. Oh, shit. Oh, what? Open us a private window here and see if we can pull up the story. He is indeed friends with the Orange Man. Billboard supporting Morgan Wallen pop up in Nashville right before the CMT Music Awards. Morgan Wallen, if you do, if you don't remember, was the dude that was like outside of his house in Nashville, was like yelling m bombs for no goddamn reason. Honestly, every time you hear that song, you think it's some Warren Zevon coming on, and it ends up being Kid Rock, and you're like, "Fuck this!" and you want to gouge your ears. Because fucking Warren Zevon is awesome. Just one day ahead of the 2021 CMT Music Awards, which I guess they've already taken place then. This is a story from uh, two days ago. Morgan Wallen fans are back at it after a fan-funded billboards popped up across Nashville this week supporting the embattled country music singer and his mullet. 
The fans are speaking, enough is enough. Seven billboards complete with a plaid red and black checkered background scattered across Nashville. Red in capital letters. Music industry, we want to be heard. Here's the billboard. I don't exactly know what they want. Uh, his music is still widely available. I'm pretty sure you can stream him on Spotify right now. Hold on, we'll check it out. I'm sorry, I thought I was opening Spotify. There we go. Pretty sure Morgan Wallen is still available. This culture war insanity, it drives me fucking nuts because, like, you guys know I'm a policy wonk. I want to talk about policy. I don't give a shit about your stupid fucking... Morgan Wallen, right here. Look, he's on Spotify. 332 million plays of Whiskey Glasses by Morgan Wallen on Spotify. Widely available. 9 million monthly listeners. Nobody is stopping you from listening to Morgan Wallen. So I don't know what these people are fed up about. According to the billboards, Darlene Ingram and fans paid for them to support Morgan from Sneedville, about 70 miles northeast of Knoxville, near the Tennessee-Virginia border. Fuck! He's from the area I went to college. The move comes after a video surfaced of him earlier this year shouting a racial, racial slur in Nashville that prompted a swift backlash from the music industry. All they did was quit promoting him. They're not having him on the awards show. You can still listen to him. You are exactly right. They are backed into a relatively small corner and the only thing that they can they can use is the culture war. And as I said, we're winning it. Clearly, if Disney, which is not a fucking woke company, is portraying themselves as woke, then we're winning the culture wars. And that's why they're so scared. But ultimately, it comes back to, you know, defending the status quo. It's so weird, like, Matt Taibbi and Emily Jahansky or Jahinsky or Jakonskogonsky. For some reason, like, they're saying that in defense of the status quo, especially Matt Taibbi, who, who is like, spoke truth to power for his entire career. I don't get it. Oh... I got worked up on this show, so got to kind of chill out a little bit. Best way to chill out is, holy shit, huh? Oh, we're in private mode. That's why. Best way to chill out here is clearly a video of a puppy and a baby. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We need to watch this invention that helps you butter your corn. The easiest way to butter your corn on the cob on a hot summer day. Simply grab yourself a fresh stick of butter and using our patent pending firm grip design, place the butter. Makes perfect sense. Then simply. And like, hey, you don't get. You don't get butter all over your hands. Get the job done this summer when you use the cob. The Cobb Quickie, that is amazing. 
unnecessary inventions on YouTube. Go check them out. There's a puppy and a and a baby. It looks like it's a little uh is that a little pity or is that a, a pinch? No, no, you do not use the puppy as a sex story. What kind of sick shit is that? Don't ever come into my chat saying that kind of shit. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. You know, I have uh, I've never rated GXG platform. I don't think. Let's check them out. Let's see what they got going on. If you're on Twitch right now, I don't know who they are, what they do. They say they're doing politics. Hey, hey, hey! We want more. Oh, the baby and the puppy went away. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was gonna play it again. Yes, I know you meant the hand deal. I was making a joke. <laughs> All right, so if you're on Twitch, you're heading over to GXG platform. Everybody else, go ahead, light one up, dip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.